0: Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, we want to thank you for all the things that you've done for us in our lives, how you've put breath in our lungs, you've knitted us together in our mother's womb, all the things that you've done for us, and even uh, gone as far as to have the, the major sacrifice of sending your one and only son so that those of us who are here might be able to have life because of who you are and what you've done father we thank you for loving and caring for us in that way oh lord how we need you let us not take that for granted as we wake up every day every morning um Help us not to rely on ourselves, rely on our jobs, our bank account, or whatever it is that there might be. Help us to keep in perspective who you are and what you've done and how much we truly need you every moment of every day. There's not a split second that we don't need you, that we don't need to rely on you, but Father, we need that uh, remembrance for us. We need that reminder Help us to do that. Help us to live solely for you and your kingdom. Father, we thank you for us being able to be here this morning to open up your scriptures and hear you speak to us through your word. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, family. Good morning, family. It's It's good to be back. Um, a, a poet once said, don't call her to come back. I've been here for years repping my peers and putting Satan to fear or something like that. But it's good to be back. This is where I uh, love to be and long to be. It's kind of weird not being able to be in the pulpit and and be in front of God's people and proclaim his word, but uh, here I am. But i tell you one thing. I am refreshed. I um, am relaxed. I'm rejuvenated. I got to uh, spend some time away with my lovely wife and be reconnected to her I got to spend some time uh, away with the Lord and I am on fire let me tell you I'm trying to contain myself right now because I'm just excited about what God is doing and um, I, I often tell people like hey you need to take some time away and you know unplug and things like but I'm really bad at taking my own advice but the refreshment that God has given me is is remarkable and i am ready for uh not only to end the year but to be looking forward to what we will be able to do and what god will do through us in 2022 and so i'm i'm really excited about what the lord is doing so first of all thank you for allowing me to take some time away and to be refreshed in this way i i can't thank you enough um you were well taken care of i hear um, so grateful and thankful for Pastor Tay for coming uh, from Crossroads Community Church in Carroll Stream. Uh, man, he was a blessing. I heard from many of you that were blessed by his messages. Um, even after being in a car accident last Saturday, he was able to be here. God covered him and sustained him, and he wanted to get here to, to be in the pulpit, and, and I am appreciative of uh, for him for that and the way God used him while, while, while I was away so it's, it's always good to know that um, you know the people are being taken care of when, when, when we're away and so uh, Libby and I were able to go to the Dominican Republic and uh, most of that time we spent just kind of you know relaxing and, and uh, getting rejuvenated and we also as you saw from the video got to spend some time with Manuel Sanchez who we are partnering with in the gospel as they plant um, the Grace City Church there in Santo Domingo. And I'll tell you what, I've never done international missions before, but having gone to another country and being able to kind of see what they're doing in Santo Domingo, it gave, gave me a new outlook, a new appreciation for what God is doing in the mission field. It gives me a new appreciation for what it takes for missionaries to uproot their families and go to another foreign land just so that Jesus' name would be proclaimed. And it's really interesting. And, and, and I think I think conceptually we get it, but when you're there, it, it takes on a whole new thing for you. It's not like moving from Illinois to California. I mean, that might be. You know a culture shock but this is a whole new shebang and I'm anxious for us to be able to go experience that together as we go and help him in a boots on the ground in Santo Domingo so that we can further the gospel this morning we're going to touch more on that as we talk about the perseverance of the Saints because we have challenges that are here for us in the United States here in Bolingbrook in Illinois Uh, But also we see that overseas and in various places. We all need to continue to persevere for the gospel. and, And we don't all have it hard. We're going to talk about some extreme perseverance here in our text this morning at the beginning of the church. But those things still exist for us today. And I think it's good for us to have our mindset and understand what God is doing and that we continue to trust him. We just sang, Lord, I need you. Oh, how I need you. Every hour, I need you. We need to, uh, as we sing that and, and, and think about those words again, let's have our missionaries in mind and let's see what the apostles went through as they went and built their church. Meet me in Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14, we're gonna go through here and again this morning is titled Perseverance of the Saints. I'm gonna start here in verse 1 of chapter 14 of the book of Acts. And here, Lord, here God's word reads. Now at Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, some sided with the apostles. When an attempt was made by the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and fled to Lystria, Derby, and cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding countries, and they continued to preach. The gospel. We'll pause there, and we see that even though Paul is commissioned to reach the Gentiles, because remember, Paul comes in, he has this miraculous encounter with the risen Christ, and when he go to when he went to try to preach to his people, they're like, "Hey, we don't want any parts of this. We, you were just uh, persecuting us the other day, and now you all of a sudden you 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 want to preach Christ." I don't trust this and so some he was able to reach some and you know remember Barnabas came alongside and like vouched for him and beginning to continue to, to to learn uh, and teach him up and disciple him and so his primary ministry was to the Gentiles Paul is continuously even with the, the Gentiles uh, meeting various roadblocks even just previous to this he was uh, attacked and and driven out of town, if you remember just a chapter before. But still, he is back again in the synagogue, filled with courage, and yet facing much more persecution. He is really about it. Of course, they they continued to run into opposition, and when they reached this opposition, what the problem was that people had was uh, the, the apostles talking about grace, they, they heard the message they were listening to it and i'm like what are, what are these guys talking about this this great stuff they were upset by the good news that god extends his unmerited kindness to anyone who turns to him by placing their faith in christ they were upset about this like well, this is not available for everybody we're the chosen people this is not for everybody else it's interesting to me that the idea of grace either gives people uh, some sense of relief or it makes them incredibly angry. People even today really don't like this message of grace. Most people believe in a works-based righteousness and think that salvation depends on them being a good person. I know you've heard this. I hope I do a good enough that God will let me into heaven. I hope I, that by giving this money or by volunteering in these organizations, I'll get them more check marks. By, by sitting in my assigned seat in the pew, then at least I'll get some you know, participation trophy. This is what people think and, and believe. So this, this idea that God has completely paid the price on our behalf is somehow offensive to people. They believe that sinners are qualified to receive God's grace But if that were a fact, nobody would. If you had to qualify yourself to receive this grace, we'll all fail. We will all be left out. There's there's not enough good you can do in order to win your righteousness or be able to be led into heaven. That was the whole purpose. That's the whole point of why Jesus came. Because we can't do it ourselves. You can't be good enough. You can't satisfy all of the the laws of God, all 613 of them. So because of that, God sent us a savior. That that even though he was tempted, did not sin. That, That gave over his life on the cross for you and I to have life. Romans 3 and 10 says, as it was written, no one is righteous, no not one that includes you as good as you might think you are as you, you, you might be a decent person you might do good things but Isaiah says even your good is like filthy rags that's a gut punch to me I'm trying as much as I may but it's still not good enough that's why we had to have a perfect sacrifice and his name is Jesus and it's only because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross that sinful men and women can be forgiven, that they can be freed and transferred into the kingdom of God. That's why we come and we, we praise him with our words. We praise him through through song. And we, we praise him by opening up his scriptures and, and reading, and get to know him more and better because of what he's done for us. And as we look through this, and we see what's happening to the apostles. It's important to understand and be clear that these men are not fragile. Now, today, you know, we've got some fragile people walking around. That there are, you know, some snowflakes that get affected by any and everything that happens in this world. But these guys, they are not that. Now they weren't punks, but they were determined uh, to, to do what God has uh, called them to do. But it wasn't because of their own strength and willpower. It wasn't because they mustered up everything that they needed to do. It was because of who God is. As they preached about the grace of Jesus, they relied on this grace at the same time. That's what's important and interesting to me. As they went and preached the gospel, they lived according to the gospel. They they, they lived what they preached. John 15 and 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's why we stress the importance of daily Bible reading, our daily prayer, to fellowship as fellow believers. These all things come together because if we don't abide in him, then we can do nothing of our own. He is the vine, we are the branches. And so the the boldness of these apostles comes directly from the Lord. Look with me in Acts chapter 14 and 8. Now at Lystra there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and had never walked he listened to Paul speaking and Paul looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be uh, made well said in a loud voice stand up right on your feet and he sprang up and began walking and when the crowd saw that Paul what Paul had done they lifted up their voices saying in Lyconium uh, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men Barnabas they called Zeus Paul they called Hermes because it was he was the chief speaker and the priest of Zeus whose temple was at the entrance of the city brought oxen and gar- garland to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifices with the crowds but when the apostles uh, Barnabas and Paul heard it they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd crying out men why are you doing these things we are also men of like nature with you and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them. And in generations he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways, yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with the flood and gladness, with food and gladness, and even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifices to them but the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium having persuaded the crowds they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city supposing that he was dead but when the disciples gathered around him he rose up entered the city and the next day he went with Barnabas to Derbe wow look at what's happening here in the text the crowds are trying to understand they meet this man who has been uh, uh, he's been uh, lame since birth he hasn't been able to walk and we've seen this before in scripture Jesus did miracles such as this so did some of the apostles Paul looks at him and says get up stand to your feet and he didn't just get up I mean if it was me I mean i generally get out of bed in the morning But this guy, who had never walked ever before, crippled since birth, he sprang up and began walking. When you break your leg or your foot or something like that, you've got to go through rehab. Somebody gets paralyzed or something, they go through rehab and they learn how to walk. They need the assistance of a walker or crutches but by God, Paul says, stand up. And, and not a, like I said, I'm, I'm picturing this in my head and how timid I would be, but this brother springs up and begins walking. That's the kind of God that we serve. These crowds, when they see this, they're trying to understand what's happening. They're trying to use their own worldview of what this what's happening what's going on and how this could be possible and so they assume barnabas is zeus and paul is hermes and they want to offer a sacrifice to them because of their superstitions and their pagan worldviews this is what we do today we see something happening we can't explain it and so we we put we read into things and we want to put our own worldview on it and not just in the church the, this, we, we expect it to happen outside of the church but it happens in the church as well and this is what, where the dangerous territory is because the world tries to explain things with their own worldview, and then we come along oh, that, that sounds right that sounds plausible and we go along with the world we go along with well I, yeah you're right I can't explain it any other way and so everybody else is saying these things so they must be right They must have it and and to be able to understand and explain what is going on. They had no other frame of reference for how to respond to this miracle they witnessed. And so, hey, yeah, these must be gods, they must be Zeus and Hermes, and so we're gonna go and sacrifice to them. But unlike Herod, who you remember, who openly embraced being treated like a god, Paul and Barnabas, they hear about this. And they rightly wanted to set the record straight. They provide a great example of what it looks like for for us to point back to the true and living God. Hey, it's not us, it's not me. This is not what what's going on here. They want to correct this worldview that is going on, and they take this opportunity to share the gospel. They take this opportunity as they have the crowds around and they're awed and amazed by what's going on to share the good news. Their message was to turn from their polytheistic worship, which is worthless, by the way, and turn to the living God who created all things. Man, what a great example that is for us. This wide door opens up and they have... These boneheaded responses as to what's happening they're like well no let me school you on actually what's taking place let me tell you about the one true and living God there are people who wrongly believe that you can be a Christian without theology and this plainly doesn't make sense the, the definition of theology is the study of of the nature of religious belief. So by definition, in order to be a Christian, we must have a relationship with Jesus, right? So that's the the first tenet of this. In order to have a relationship, it requires that we spend time with him and get to know him, right? That's how you have a relationship. And, And how do we get to know him? Primarily is through Jesus and through Scripture. John 1 and 1, you should know this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. When we study Scripture, we are doing theology. That's what we're doing, the the study of God. Paul argues When when they're going down the wrong path and they they try to uh, have these sacrifices, Paul uh, sets them straight by using natural theology when he speaks to the pagans. He describes how God has uh, revealed himself in creation. Psalm 19 and 1 says the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. We have uh, things all around us that are uh, the ways that, that God is revealing himself to us in the natural. And, and Paul takes that to explain what is going on and what is happening. So to set the record straight. You know, I know you believe all these things, but hear who, who's God, who God is and what he's done for us let's go back to verse 19 the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and having persuaded the crowds they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city supposing that he was dead but when the disciples gathered around him he rose up and entered the city and the next day he went on with Barnabas to Derbe they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch strengthening the souls of the disciples encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God and when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting they committed them to the Lord to whom they had believed so Paul got beaten so bad they thought he was dead they they stoned him so much that they left him and the disciples saw what happened and went over and they thought that he, was, he was dead as well however he got up and he continued his mission elsewhere can you believe this Just it, it, beaten to a pulp and he gets up and continues to do the thing that he was beaten for I don't know about you but I'm personally convicted by this I, this, this hits deeply in my soul to see this take place here in the scripture when I look at somebody like the apostle Paul who was a vile persecutor of the church the, the Lord pours out his mercy on him and it wasn't anything that Paul wouldn't do for the sake of the gospel that's how much he'd been changed Now, it's one thing to go from, from Saul who the persecutor of the church and, and he encounters the risen Christ And then he goes and and just on fire for the Lord. That transformation by itself is remarkable. But at every turn, everything that Paul is doing, he gets beat down, he gets obstructed, he gets back up. He gets back up to continue to do what he's been beaten for. And I've got to ask myself, what am I willing to do? I'm I'm just talking to myself here this morning. What am I willing to endure? for the sake of the gospel I got testimony after testimony of what God has done for me in my life what God has done for my family it's more than I could ever ask dream or think but I gotta still ask myself what am I willing to do what am I willing to endure when I'm talking to somebody and the Lord opens the door for me to share the gospel I gotta admit to you I have this, this mental warfare that goes on sometimes I go, man I don't know if I got time to talk to this man I don't know if I want to get into this conversation what if they ask me some, some deep theological questions what if they get mad and this becomes an argument or or they want to fight me or something I, I struggle with this I'm gonna be honest with you and best as I could can I I try to be obedient and I, I walk through that open door but I'm not 10 for 10 sometimes I don't but I, it's not even because of the fear of what Paul goes through it's, it's simply because of being uncomfortable it, it, it's simply because of you know I'm, I'm busy or whatever it is but nothing like what Paul hears showing us an example of the reality is the worst thing that would take place for any of us is a little bit of uncomfortableness when it comes to sharing the gospel when it talks when we're talking about Jesus Christ now a little bit of uncomfortableness we're talking about a five or ten minute conversation that's what we're worried about let me put it in perspective when God opens a door for us to share the gospel with somebody, we're afraid of being uncomfortable for five minutes to talk about the greatest thing that's happened for us in our lives. Five minutes to talk about the good news and what Jesus Christ has done for us in our behalf. while Libby and I were in Santo Domingo, it really hit how huge it is to pick up your family and to move to another country. Uh, When we got to Santo Domingo, we were hungry, it was lunchtime, and so we wanted to grab, you know, a bite to eat and we saw this pizza place. Uh, So we go into the pizza place, and they don't speak a lick of English. I mean, of course, I mean, we should have known that, but we figured hey a lot of people here and we were in Punta Cana but you know a lot of them spoke good English so we figured hey maybe we'll run into somebody else that can help us out when we get there and so but this lady in the front she's like English, and so she helped us to understand that in order to be seated we need to show our vaccination records and so she's like yeah, yeah, she was saying something. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what she was saying, but she was doing this. I'm like, vaccination? Like, yes. She's like, Where's your card? <laughs> we didn't have it on us. And so um, we we're like, Hey, so we went out to to get the card, but you know, we realized like, Hey, are we even gonna be able to order in this place? Like, we we already had a hard time just getting seated. Are we gonna be able to order? So we happen to partner next to a a Burger King. Figure that would be a better option for us to go uh, because uh, hey, we can read that. We can say Burger King, right? It, it's, a, it's a lot easier for us to say uh, numero cuatro por favor, con uh, papas fritas, diet Pepsi. That was a lot easier <laughs> than trying to figure out anything else. It's one thing to move to another city or state, and we've all done that, and most of us have done that, but we may uh, not know anyone in the town when we go to, but it takes it doesn't take very long for us to meet somebody and, and find some common ground and be able to get to know them and do life with them. But moving to a whole other country with a whole different language is something altogether different. And this is why missions is so important why we need to be thinking about our missionaries be praying for them this brother Paul is he's going to share the gospel he's, he's doing so at, at all costs he's going uh beat down after beat down but he gets up every time to continue to proclaim the name of Jesus none of this is going to be a roadblock when we were there with Manuel and the, the pastoral team You know, hey, we've got cultural barriers and language barriers and all these other kind of things that are going on, but what's more important is that these people know the name of Jesus. That their lives can be transformed like ours has been. That's what matters the most. So again, we sit here in Bolingbrook, and we don't want to be uncomfortable for five minutes, but the Sanchez family uprooted and moved their entire family to a whole different country for the sake of the gospel that's not I mean they have to deal with some challenges but I don't think it's even what like Paul and Barnabas are dealing with where they're facing uh, persecution in such a way that they are being thrown in jail or being beaten or anything like that so just like I'm asking myself I gotta ask you too what about you what are you willing to endure for the sake of the gospel being a disciple of Jesus is challenging and it's going to involve numerous burdens and not all of us are going to experience the same kinds of problems or the same level of persecution but we all live in a community of Christ and, and because we live in this community, we need to be encouraging one another. We're here in this community to strengthen one another so that we can continue on. So that when I'm up and somebody's down, I can go help them and vice versa, right? Look again with me in verse 23, and we'll close. You know, as they're doing this and making disciples, it says, When they appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. This form of church government or polity calls for a plurality of elders, as we see in the example here in the early church. Elders um, can be used together with, we, we see the term bishop or we use the term pastor Um, These are all synonymous together. 1 Timothy 3 and 1 says the saying is trustworthy. Anyone who expires to the office of overseer is another term that we see. He desires a noble task. So the way that we see this, this single pastor or elder in our churches these days is not the design or the example that we see in Scripture. This plurality of elders is good because most pastors don't have everything that the local past the local uh, body needs, the local church. So, uh, some may be good preachers and maybe they're not good administratively. The others may be good administrative, uh, administratively, but they're not gifted when it comes to dealing pe- with people relationally. So, because of that, and, and teaching gifts and things of that nature. Uh, the, the church is designed to have multiple pastors elders in order to shore up some of those weaknesses so that the body can have all the things that they need so there's a lot that goes into shepherding and, and shepherding well and for this reason it's my prayer is my desire that the lord would raise up uh, other men here in our local body here in first baptist bowling brook that can serve with me as we serve the Lord, so that we can continue to serve the community. So I want you to be in prayer about that. You know, um, you know being able to, to share the load, um, as try as uh, the best I can. Uh, I know that I don't give you all uh, every all the things that you, that you all need. And so we need to be in prayer for other elders that will be raised up here that can help shore up uh, many of those things. I'm going to jump down to verse 27. When they arrived arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how they had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles and they remained no little time with the disciples. This should remind us as we read this portion of Genesis 12 and 3, where it says, I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in in you all families of the earth shall be blessed. God promises in the very beginning that he would bless people of the earth through Jesus Christ, who was the ultimate offspring of Abraham. And it's incredible to see this play out. When you look at scripture and you read it from front to back, From Genesis to Revelation, you see this entire story that's put together in these 66 books that all point us to Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done. From this very promise in the very beginning, we see the fulfillment. The Old Testament is said to be Christ concealed, and the New Testament is Christ revealed. And we should look at this and this is how we know that this is God's word because there's no man or men or women or no people, earthly people, who could put this together and fabricate this and make it fit together so well. And by this we know because of this common theme and and everything that happens throughout Scripture, we know that, that God is the one who breathed it out for us. Galatians 3 and 16, now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It did not say, and to his offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. The goal for us here as we gather each week is so that uh, we, can, we can know who Christ is and be able to go and share that good news to go and share what we call the gospel with others so that they might have hope again, so that they might be transformed like we have been. They can see who God is and what he's done for his people. I hope that we will be on on mission for that and we'd be charged up and excited to to be uh, in alignment with God and who he is in that way. First here in Bowling and then to the rest of the nations, even Santo Domingo. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for loving us in the way that you do. Father, thank you for the example of what it looks like to be a soldier in your army. Father, as we look at our own lives and how sometimes we want to walk away from uncomfortableness help us to remember what's at stake here help us to love people enough that we would uh, want to go through the five or ten minutes or whatever it takes for us to share the gospel with them and father if it requires more of us that we would seek you for comfort guidance and strength just like we see here in in your word as as they continue to preach grace that Uh, they also uh, relied on the grace that you've given. Help us to do that. Help us to to be your messengers and to be able to stand up where we need to stand and go and and make your name be known so that others would have this this hope that in in a hopeless world that their lives would be changed and they would in turn be on fire for your kingdom. Lord, we thank you for all these things in Jesus name amen